we have a crisis in the world, tremendous crisis, and also crisis in our consciousness, in us. I see the urgency of change, radical revolution, mutation in the mind. I see it. It is necessary. There is complete quietness of the mind, and that which is silent has vast space. Only then that which is nameless comes into being. This is Urgency of Change, the Krishnamurti podcast. Hello and welcome to episode 69 of Urgency of Change. Each weekly episode in this season of the Krishnamurti podcast is based on a major theme of the revolutionary philosopher's talks, such as freedom, self-knowledge, beauty and meditation. Extracts from our archives have been carefully selected to represent Krishnamurti's different approaches to each of these universal and timelessly relevant themes. This week's theme is Jealousy and Envy. Upcoming themes are Intelligence, Habits and Authority. This podcast is brought to you by Krishnamurti Foundation Trust, based at Brockwood Park in the UK. For more information about activities and programmes at Brockwood, such as the Krishnamurti Retreat Centre, Brockwood Park School and more about the Foundation, please visit our website at kfoundation.org. You can also find our daily quotes and videos on Instagram and Facebook at Krishnamurti Foundation Trust. This week's podcast has five sections. The first extract is from Krishnamurti's first question and answer meeting at Brockwood Park in 1983, titled, Why Am I Jealous? So, I want to find out why I am jealous? Why I am jealous of my wife? Or she jealous of me? Is it that we want to possess each other? What does that mean? What am I possessing? The body? Please inquire with me, sirs, don't... The body, the organism... And what is implied in possession? To dominate, right? I want to possess her. I go into it. Why do I want to possess? Because I'm lonely. She gives me comfort. She's mine. Legally, morally, the Church has blessed it, or the Registrar gives And I hold her. Why? Is it because I'm lonely? If I'm lonely, I want to escape from that tremendous void 
of the world which I use lonely, to escape from it, I want to the to which I escape to becomes all important. You understand? I escape from life by inventing God. And I hold to that God because that's the only thing I have. So I possess her. And what does that mean in possessing somebody? Dominating, identifying myself with her. Go slowly, inquire slowly. And gives me a sense of power. Right? And at the end of all this, I say she's mine. People like to be possessed. Don't you? No? Can you say to your wife, I don't possess you? My God, you people have never done anything. And I'm jealous, which is she's depriving me of my stability, my security. When she goes and looks, goes away and talks to somebody else, or looks at somebody else, or does something other with somebody else, I'm I'm at a loss. She has deprived me of my identity, of my driven me to my loneliness. And I hate all that. So I'm jealous of her. Which means jealousy implies hate, anger, violence, beating. God, don't you know this? And I can't let her go and she can't let me go. And we live like that. Jealousy, distrust, feeling lonely deeply inside, but trying to escape from it. That's my life. And that's what we call relationship. And that's what we call love. You understand, sis? So one asks much deeper question. Is love desire? Go on, sis. Is love pleasure? You have to answer that question, not her. It's your life, not my life. And Can each of us see this fact, what possession, domination, power does to each of us? You, the the man may see it first, 
or the woman may, then will she help him to see all this? And is he willing to listen to all this? You are following all this? Or is it all strange to you all? Will he or she listen to each other? A basis of it, being afraid to lose, you understand? Afraid losing one's security in relationship. And when that security is shaken, I'm jealous. Will my wife listen to me? And I say to her, look, old girl, I love you, but I have no, I don't possess you. Could you say that? My God. I'm free of you and you're free of me. Which doesn't mean free love and going off, you know, changing every year a new, per, new man or new woman. But seeing the whole problem, not just jealousy, how to get rid of jealousy, or distrust, but seeing the whole problem of relationship. which is very complex, which demands subtlety, sensitivity. Haven't you... What's the point of my... People? I can say it. What? I can say it. But will you do something about it? <laughs> One can intellectually understand all this, verbally, which you call intellectually. What value has it when I carry on with jealousy for the rest of my life? And that jealousy creates wounds in me, psychologically, I'm hurt inwardly. And I carry on with that hurt, with that jealousy, with that distrust. Is this the way of to live? So merely to see it all intellectually has very little meaning. But if you say, look, I'm jealous, let's go into it, let's find out whether it can end. Which means, do I possess anything at all? Oh no, no. Am I attached to anything? Attached to my wife, husband, attached to ideals, my future success, you know, attachment. When you are attached, then there is jealousy, there is anxiety, there is pain. If you see that very clearly, then the thing becomes very simple. But you don't want to see it clearly. 
because we want to live the way we have lived for million years. The second extract is from the third talk at Brockwood Park in 1978, titled, Is Jealousy Part of Love? What is love? Is it pleasure? For most of us it is. Sexual pleasure, which is called love, sensory pleasure. And that sensory pleasure, sexual pleasure, has been called love. And that apparently dominates the world. It dominates the world because probably in our own lives it dominates us. So we have identified ourselves with that thing called pleasure, identified love with that thing called pleasure. And is love pleasure? Which doesn't mean that love is not pleasure. We must inquire into it. It may be totally something entirely different, but first we must inquire into it. Right? Is love desire? Is love remembrance? Please. Which means, is love the remembered experience as pleasure and the demand of thought as desire with its image and the pursuit of that image is called love. Is that love? Mozart. And is being attached to a person or to country, to an idea, is that love? Attachment, dependence. Please look into yourself, not listen to me. I'm not worth listening to. But what is significant, what's worthwhile, is that you listen to yourself. When these questions are being put, you have to answer it for yourself, because it's your daily life. And if attachment is not love, and if attachment is love, what are the implications involved in it? You understand my question? If we say love is pleasure, then we must see the whole consequences and the implications of that statement. 
then we depend entirely on sensory sexual excitement which is called love and with it goes all the suffering the anxiety the desire to possess the and from that possessive desire attachment and where you are attached there is fear fear of loss and from that arises jealousy anxiety anger gradual hatredness right and also you must see what are the consequences if it is not pleasure then what is love which is not jealousy attachment remembrance pursuit of pleasure through imagination and desire and so on is love then the opposite of all this you follow you ama we said is love the opposite of pleasure of attachment of jealousy if love is that then that love contains jealousy attachment and all the rest of it therefore love seeing all the implications of attachment pursuit of desire the continuous reel of remembrances i loved and i am not loved i remember that particular sexual pressure or that particular incident which which gave me delight so the pursuit of that and the opposite of what is called love is then love the opposite of hate you understand or yet love has no opposite you following all this official it's hot so and we are finding out please go with it you will see something extraordinary come out of this i don't know what's coming out of it myself but i can feel something extraordinary coming out of it if you all listen to ourselves actually and the religions have made love of god love of jesus love of krishna love of buddha and follow totally unrelated to daily life and we are concerned with the understanding and finding the truth of our daily life the totality of it not just sex or 
power or position or jealousy or some idiotic complex one has. But the whole structure and the nature of the extraordinary life in which we live. So, as we said, the opposite is not love. If we understand that, that through negation of what is not, which means not negating or denying in the sense of pushing it away, resisting it, controlling it, but understanding the whole nature and the structure and the implications of, of, of desire, of pleasure, of remembrance, out of that comes this sense of intelligence which is the very essence of love. Right? Are we meeting each other, sir? You say, this is impossible. I am young, I am full of beans, and I am full of sex. And I want to indulge in it. You may call it whatever you like, but I like that. Till I catch some disease, or some man or woman runs away with another, then begins the whole circus, jealousy, anxiety, fear, hatred, and so on. So what is one to do when one is young, full of life, all the glands highly active? What is one to do? Don't look at me. Look at yourself, which means, please listen, which means you cannot possibly depend on another to find out the answer. You have to be a light to yourself. You have to be a light to yourself in understanding. Desire, remembrance, the whole attachment, and all that, understand it, live it, find out. Find out how the thought pursues pleasure endlessly. If you understand the depth and the fullness and the clarity of all that, then You will not, one will not be in a state of perpetual control, then guilt and regret, you follow? All that one goes through when one is young, if one is sensitive. If you are merely out for pleasure, well, that's a different matter. 
Love is not the opposite of hate, of desire, of pleasure. So love is something entirely different from all that. Because love has no opposite. The third extract is from the second talk at Brockwood Park in 1975, titled Can You Live Without Comparison? You know, it's a very complex problem. Like everything, like fear, pleasure and suffering, they're all interrelated. And to go into it and see whether the mind which includes the brain, can ever be free completely of all psychological suffering, inward suffering. If we don't understand that and not free, we'll bring suffering to others, as we have done. Though you believe in God, in Christ, in Buddha and all kinds of beliefs, You have killed men or generation after generation. You understand what we do, what our politicians do in India and here. So can what is suffering? And why is it that human beings who think of themselves extraordinarily alive and intelligent, why have they allowed themselves to suffer? Do you understand? There is the suffering when there is jealousy. Jealousy is a form of suffering a form of hate. Not only jealousy of those who have achieved something in this world or supposedly achieved in another world, envy is part of our structure, part of our nature, which is to compare ourselves with somebody else. And can you live without comparison. We think without comparison we shall, we shall not evolve, we shall not grow, we shall not be somebody. But have, have you ever tried to live really, actually, without comparing yourself with anybody? You have read the lives of saints, the, of this, etc., etc., and if you are inclined that way, as you get older, you want to become like that. Not when you are young. You spit on all that. But as you are approaching the grave, you wake up. 
So, there are different forms of suffering. And can you look at it, observe it, without trying to escape from it? Just remain solidly with that thing. When my wife, I'm not married, when my wife runs away from me or looks at another man, because wedding has, by law, she belongs to me and I hold her. Stupid stuff, all this. Mm. And when she moves away from me, I'm jealous. Because I possess. In possession, I feel satisfied, I feel safe. And all this is good to be possessed. But that also gives satisfaction. And that jealousy, that envy, that hatred. Can you look at it without any movement of thought and remain with it? You understand what I'm saying? Jealousy is a reaction, a reaction which has been named through memory as jealousy. And I have been educated to run away from it, to rationalize it, or to indulge in it and hate, anger and all the rest of it. But without doing any of that, can I can my mind solidly remain with it without any movement? Do you understand what I'm saying? Do it and you will see what happens. The same way when you suffer psychologically, to remain with it completely without a single movement of thought. Then you will see out of that suffering comes that strange thing called passion. And if you have no passion of that kind, you cannot be creative. So out of that suffering comes compassion. And that is the that is that energy is totally different from the mechanistic energy of hope. The fourth extract is from the second talk in Sanan, 1977, titled Ending Envy. To live with what is, that is, to live if you are envious or greedy 
or jealousy or uh, your problems, whatever it is, sex, uh, fear, whatever it is. To live with that without any movement of thought that wants to move away from it. You understand? You, you understand what I'm saying? Am I communicating with some? Huh? That is, I'm envious of you because you are intelligent, you are bright, you have got nice, you look nice, you speak so intelligent. You know, I'm envious of you. You've got a big car, big house, whatever it is. I want that. I'm envious. My education has been to deny it, which means I must control it. I must suppress it. I must try to go beyond it. That's been my background, my education. You come along and tell me, look, there's a different way of living, which is don't condemn it, don't evaluate it, don't throttle it, don't run away from it, just look at it. Like a child, newborn child, terribly ugly, the baby, actual baby, you've seen them, terribly ugly, but your mother says, it's my baby, I'm living with it. It's not ugly, it's the most beautiful child I have. So in the same way, live with it, which means what? You're not wasting your energy, please listen to me, you're not wasting your energy in control, in suppression, in conflict, in resistance, escape, you are just, you have all, all that energy has been wasted. Now you have gathered that because you see the absurdity of it, the falseness of it, the unreality of it, you have now got the energy to live with what is. You understand what I'm saying? Am I making myself clear? Very clear? Good. Then do it. Then you have that energy to observe without any movement of thought. It is that thought that says, it is the thought that has created jealousy. And thought says, I must run away from it. I must escape from it. I must suppress it. That's my education, my background, my conditioning. But you take, but somebody says to me, don't do all that, that's too childish. You can't solve this problem of envy that way. Live with it. That means don't move away from the thing which thought has created. You understand? Don't let another kind of thought say, run away from it, resist it. After all, envy is created by thought, right? Thought, awakening a reaction which is emotional, sentimental and romantic and all the rest of it, that thought has created this uh, reaction which is, which is called envy. Thought has created it. And thought says now, also, I must run away from it, I don't know what to do with it. I am escape, resist, swallow everything. So we are saying, if you see that the falseness of escape, resistance, suppression, then 
that energy which has gone into suppression, resistance, escape, is gathered to observe. You understand? You see it? Then what takes place? You do it, please do it with me as we go along together, otherwise there's no point in my talking. She says, now you're not escaping, not resisting, and you are envious, which is the result of movement of thought. The envy is comparison, is measurement. I have, I have not, you have. So thought has brought about this, this feeling of envy. And thought itself says, I, don't, I must run away from this enormous thing, I don't know, I've been educated to run away. Now, you, because you see the falseness of it, you stop. <coughs> and you have this energy to observe, this envy. The very word envy The very word is its own condemnation. You understand what I'm saying? Isn't it? When I say I'm envious, there is already a sense of pushing it away. So the word, we follow the word. One must be free of the word to observe. The, all this demands tremendous alertness, tremendous watchful, you know, awareness, so that not to escape and see the word envy is the word created the feeling, or without the word is there a feeling? You follow all this? <coughs> now, if there is no word and therefore no movement of thought, right? You understand what I'm saying? Am I, huh? Then is there envy? You understand what I'm saying? I'm envious. envious in, envy implies comparison, measurement, desire to be something other than what is, and so on, <coughs> or to have something which I have not gotten, so My education has been to run away from it, suppress and so on. Now, I, by listening to what you are saying very, very, very carefully, I see the absurdity of it. I, therefore, the very perception of it puts, a, puts it all away from me. Therefore, there is a, a gathering of energy. Then. I'm investigating envy. Is the word, has the word created the feeling? Because the word is associated with the feeling, right? Communism is associated with certain pattern of life and so on, so on. So the word is dictating my feeling. Can I observe without the word? You understand, sir? Can do it, do it. 
Can you observe your envy without the word? Which means the word is the movement of thought used to communicate, right? Communicate with itself or with another. So when there is no word, there is no communication between the fact and the observer. I wonder if you see all this. Therefore, the movement of thought as envy has come to an end, come to an end completely, not temporarily. You can look at a beautiful car and observe the beauty, the line, and there is the end of it. So, to live with what is completely implies no conflict whatsoever. Therefore, there is no future as transforming it into something else. The very ending of it is the gathering of supreme energy, which is form of intelligence. You understand? The final extract this week is from the first talk at Brockwood Park in 1969, titled Giving All Your Attention to Jealousy. So the question is, living in this rather mad, sad and despairing world, with the occasional burst of joy and the beauty of a cloud and a flower, can there be total, complete change? Sir, asking us to be silently aware of what is seems to be asking too much uh, the pain of what is seems to be much more than uh, we can bear for any length of time without trying to escape from it. It, it just seems to be too much to... Uh, to, to see what is, is a bit too much, without trying to escape from it. We can't tolerate it. We see, perhaps, the implications of what is, And that's too much. So we need not a complete attention all the time, but sometimes to be inattentive. Indeed. If I can't stand something, I must leave it for a while. Let's leave it for a while, take rest from it, but 
during the rest period be attentive of your inattention. Do you understand what I mean? I am, look, I am jealous. Let's take that very common thing. I give all my attention to it, see what is involved in it. Hate, fear, possessiveness, domination, isolation, loneliness, uh, the lack of companion, all that, jealousy. And I observe it <coughs> non-dualistically. If I give my total attention to it, I have understood it completely. Therefore there is, needs to be no rest from it. I have understood the danger of it completely. Therefore I have gone away from it. It's only when I don't give my whole attention, but only partial attention, then I get tired of it. And I say, my Lord, I must have a little rest from this beastly business. And so I escape from it. So knowing that we escape from it, we are suggesting that Knowing that you are escaping, knowing in that escape there is inattention, be aware of that inattention. Leave your jealousy, but be aware of that inattention while you are escaping. So that that very inattention becomes attention. It sharpens the mind. 